everybody. This is Diana Piquet, and I am on the line with my girlfriend, Botter. Her name is actually <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie, but um, her maiden name is Botter, and I know her as Botter. That's how long I've known her is many, many years ago. Yes. So I decided to give Steph a call because with all of this stuff, I think, what are we now, Steph? Eight weeks into quarantine, and with all of this stuff going on, we just wanted to chat about the state of affairs when it mm-hmm. came to how everyone was feeling. So what, I mean, you are on the other side of the country. What would you say is your pulse from out there? Well, for, thank you, Diana, for having me. And I love the name Botter, so go for it. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we are still on our stay-at-home order until uh, May 18th. And my son is in uh, sixth grade at an element uh, middle school here, and they uh, announced about a week and a half ago that we are um, uh, doing homeschooling until the end of the school year on June 4th. So I know that people are starting to get, um, you know, getting a little stir crazy being home. We've been home since um, March 16th. Staying at home. Um, you know, I talk to my friends uh, and they're all doing the same thing. But since I'm not working, um, I'm unemployed due to COVID-19 and uh, my husband's working from home and we are abiding by the rules uh, put out by our governor, Waltz. So we're not really out and about a lot to see what's happening. Now, my husband has been going and doing the grocery shopping and things like that because um, I have asthma and I am um, 52. So I, uh, I am a little higher risk. And so uh, I am in really good, you know, health and physical health and all of that. So, but he just said, why risk it? So he's the one who's yeah. been going to the grocery store and he's definitely, um, you know, seen a lot of folks that don't seem to really care at all. You know, they're, they're, right. um, uh, they're not wearing masks. They're bumping into you at the grocery store. They're not respecting your, you know, your space. And so, I mean, that's definitely happening out there. Now I will say my son was doing a thing in Minnesota history last week and he was kind of having, he's really, he kind of hit a wall last week and was really kind of struggling a couple of days to, to do his work and to stay focused. And he's really missing his friends and he's sure. not, yeah. And so he just, I I think we, we were like, you know what, let's, let's get out of the house. Let's just the three of us, obviously we're, we can be together, get in the car and let's go see what you're studying. He, they were studying. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. They were studying about um, Charles Pillsbury and how the flower industry uh, came to, to the Minneapolis area and made Minnesota the, the largest um, producer of flour in the country. So in part of his uh, studies, they were talking about this stone arch bridge. So we're like, let's just drive down to the stone arch bridge, see what it's all about. You know, they talked about the waterfall that was powering the plant and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So just get, let them see it. I was shocked the number of cars out on the freeway. I was like, where are all these people going? I hope really? they're all essential workers. So that was a bit of a shock for me. I was That was yeah. kind of my first time really out in the community. Um, now, I, would you yeah. say that where you live, you have like a high traffic situation? No, 
No, where we live is in Moundsview, Minnesota. So we are about uh, 14 miles from downtown Minneapolis. And this plant okay. is downtown Minneapolis, very close to the University of Minnesota campus downtown. So we had to drive about 15 minutes from the house to, to get okay. down there. And there's no, there wasn't any traffic. Now, my husband did point out we went out about five o'clock. So he's like, all right, typically this would be rush hour. Yeah, it would take it us, yeah, it would take a lot longer for us to get there. So hopefully these folks are actually you know just coming home from work but right. um so that could have been you know part of it but even when we got down there even some of the pedestrian traffic and students that were still on campus even those campuses closed but they've allowed students that don't have you know a, a safe place to go or you know whatever their situation is they can still um you know live in their apartments and 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 everything around campus so there was definitely oh. some some campus activity as far as just kids walking and none of them had masks on <laughs> right right so yeah that was probably my biggest eye opener um but i've got a sister in pittsburgh pennsylvania i've got a sister in maine upstate maine and i've got my mom and dad and my sister and her kids down in in uh atlanta georgia area and you know i so i am hearing about you know like pit my sister up in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh, very, very, they're all taking it very, very seriously. There's no activity with kids in the neighborhood. Everyone's wearing masks. All of the stores, she said, um, restaurants, if you're doing takeout, if they all have signs on their uh, on their doors, uh, say before entering, you must have a mask on, mm-hmm. uh, that type of thing. Now my sister down in Georgia, it's a completely different thing. She was trying to abide by it, but none of her kids, she's got two teens, um, in, in high school and one in college that's home and one 22 uh, year old that's out in the workforce. And uh, the 22 year old was still working. Um, he was in a manufacturing position. So he was considered an essential worker. My sister was still working from home. And then her second job is at a Italian, a family owned Italian restaurant. She went back to work on this past Saturday for the first time, just doing takeout, uh, takeout orders. And she said that there was, there were a lot of people that came in that um, weren't, didn't have a mask on, that were mouthing off to her about wearing her mask and Mm -hmm. uh, that were not being very respectful. And, you know, this was all a crock of, you you know what? And, and so she definitely got an earful. Um, But then she said, there's also been customers that have been incredibly uh, cautious and, and, you know, tipping like three times what you, they would normally do, you know, right. because under, under the circumstances, they're like, you know, we know you guys are struggling and it's a family owned business. So, you know, there's two sides, you know, to everything, but um, I, I'm getting the sense that, you know, obviously people are getting a little stir crazy and, sure. uh, and not every home is conducive for pe- people being at home. Like, I don't want to underestimate the challenges that everybody has. You know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of, you know, unsafe environments for kids, for women, for men, um, whether it's a domestic abuse situation, um, you know, uh, just both parents, maybe both being essential workers. And now the kids are left home by themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they may be falling behind in school, um, people that are aren't essential workers that have lost their jobs, but their unemployment hasn't come through yet. Um, you know, I was one of those people 
completely, you know, I'm completely unemployed. I have my own company and uh, my business is with uh, corporate um, corporate, uh, corporate meetings and uh, conferences and things along that line. So obviously all of that was canceled. And I do a lot of uh, um, the kind of the go between between production companies and the clients. And then and sometimes I work directly for those production companies and everything has been canceled, um, you know, basically for the foreseeable future. I do have mm-hmm. something in September that is um, going to go virtual, is going to be a virtual conference now. But, um, you know, what I'm hearing out there is that it, you know, things aren't really going to get back up and running in person until, um, and uh, until there's a vaccine. And so we're probably, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at the fall of 2021. And the reason I bring this up is that, you know, I also had, you know, a scare, but I also know that I'm in, in a good situation. My husband is working, but I do support the family with, ha- you know, half of my income and right. goes to pay our bills. So I went through the whole, you know, hoops and everything and application process of getting the PPP loan um, and, uh, and filing for unemployment. And, you know, there were several weeks there that we were just like, okay, I would normally be making X amount of money. I'm making no money. Let's cross our fingers that, you know, all this stuff comes through so that we don't have to, you know, dip into our savings. But I also know I'm lucky. I could dip into my savings, Um, you know, and there's a lot of people that don't have that safety net um, or don't have a spouse that is still working. And so I don't want to underestimate that people are absolutely struggling and they may not have gotten the the money yet from, you know, the federal government through the CARES Act that they've applied for and have every right to get um, to support themselves. But I also have been having a a big struggle understanding these, um, these protests, uh, and everybody has a right to, to protest. I, I've actively uh, joined marches and protested for things that I believe passionate about. Um, when I lived in Los Angeles, uh, I went out, you know, pro- have been a part of marches in Washington, D.C., in Minneapolis. And um, I've been active in ver- a variety of things when we lived in Iowa and back when I lived in Florida. So, I mean, I've always been very active and passionate about the things that I believe in. So I would never want to take anyone's right away to, um, you know, to, to the First Amendment right to, to free speech and to protest uh, peacefully. What I don't understand are the AK-47s that have to come out and the threatening nature and um, why people are so pissed off that they have to stay home or that they're being asked to wear a mask. Um, That's the part to me that I don't understand. You know, when I've protested in the past, when I've marched in the past, it didn't encroach on anyone's personal well-being or their personal health. And by not social distancing, by not wearing masks, by violating their governor's, uh, 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 what are they called? (laughs) Help me out here, Diana. Yeah, by <laughs> violating orders. Yeah, they're, they're their orders. Violating, yeah, they're violating the orders. And then when the people that are supposed to uh, enforce them, law enforcement, uh, those first responders, the people at the restaurants, waitresses, all they're doing is 
upholding the law of that their governor has has laid out for their city or state and they are the ones getting the backlash from uh these protesters and not all of them are i mean many of them are peacefully protesting but it seems in the last week there there have been a lot more aggressive there's been a lot more aggressive nature to this where you know showing up at the at the michigan um at the Michigan uh, legislature armed and, uh, and, and hundreds of people just with, with zero social distancing. They're not only uh, encroaching and, and making the potential of the spread of this virus to all the people there, but not all the people that they're going to go out into their communities. And many of these States that, um, uh, that, that, don't have social distancing or stay at home orders in the first place are, you know, are even at that more higher risk. And sure. Yeah. So I, that's what I don't understand. Like I understand the frustration. I understand the pain people are going, everybody wants the economy back uh, up and running, but I do believe that there is a, that there's a better way of going about this. And this is not, that waitress's fault. Um, that was my my a couple nights ago. I heard about it, and then today I, I ha- caught a little bit on CNN of a, a report. Uh, the uh, city manager from the from the city of uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, was on, and uh, they were talking that you know they had a um, the city of Stillwater had a uh, order to not only have people that were going back to work wear a mask, but the patrons wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And once that happened, um, there were, you know, waitresses, uh, waiters, restaurant owners, um, you know, retailers that were getting threats, verbal threats and physical threats of violence because they were had signs on their doors to say, please wear a mask when entering my place of business. And they had uh, the police uh, got a threatening phone call that said, if you don't lift this order, we will uh, we will take care of this without with our Second Amendment. Right. So there were so many threats of violence and physical violence and gun violence that the city of Stillwater had to roll back their order. And so wow. now they had to bow, they had to say, okay, are these threats of gun violence and physical violence against these retailers and waiter, you know, wait staff, we have to balance that against now exposing them to the spread of this virus. And mm-hmm. that's a terrible place to, to put not only, you know, lawmakers, but these poor pharmacists and frontline workers and grocery store clerks and all of these people that are just doing their jobs and then to have people physically threaten them on top of their already stressed that they have to work in this environment and potentially bring this virus home to their families. I just, I don't get that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's disturbing, really. There's a, it's, it makes me wonder why like, what are people thinking when they go and behave like that? You know, and I, I don't know when you were talking, I was thinking that, you know, there's always those outliers, you know, there's always shitty people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's always dumbasses in every society. (laughs) And I wonder, is it just small incidences that we're seeing being reported that people are dumbasses or is there like a whole contingency or a large percentage of people that feel like it's a good idea to harass people who are on the front lines? Yeah. No, that I think that's a really good point, and obviously it's a it's a it's a minority, but it's obviously 
uh, enough of a minority for a city to reverse their order. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was, it was in that case, it was multiple, but I think the last, um, and this was probably a, a, maybe even as much as a week ago ago, but um, the last polling I saw on do peop- how do uh, United States citizens feel about lifting orders and going back, opening up the economy too soon. And it was like 66% felt like they thought we should go slower and not open businesses up. And then another, you know, I don't know what percentage that that didn't have an opinion. And then like 23% that that said, no, we should open everything up faster. So I, I definitely think it's not the majority by a long shot. Um, and just because these um, cities and states are opening things up, um, doesn't mean that patrons, like people are actually going to go out and, and spend money and, and uh, go sit in restaurants. I mean, I think a lot of people are just choosing to still be cautious and be on the safe side. So I do think that is the majority, but it's unfortunate that this minority seems to be, you know, obviously it's being reported. And, uh, but it, I, I guess the thing is, is it, to me, it's like, okay, yes, you have a right to that opinion. And I, and I, 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 I am completely empathetic with, you know, needing food, money to put food on your table and, and all of that. But that doesn't even seem to be what they're protesting about. There seems that they're protesting, uh, you know, about the masks and their, their civil liberty to be able to do and go about as they please. And that's where I'll make, you know, one of my last points is I heard, uh, I, and I think you and I spoke about this a, a couple of days ago, or I mentioned it to you. And I can't remember if it was John Meacham, the, the historian, um, or if it was, um, somebody else that I heard, it might've been Steve Schmidt, but I think that it was uh, John Meacham because he was talking about, you know, historically how uh, presidents have handled, uh, you know, pandemics and other types of crisis and, and showing leadership and those types of things. And he was, you know, giving a historical perspective on this. And I, I was in the kitchen and I was probably doing dishes or something and it, and it was in the other room and it, it, it caught me and I had to go in and rewind it and go look at it. He said, you know, again, repeating what I said, that that these folks that are out there protesting, um, they have every right to do it. Um, they they have the right of free speech, but they also appear to be the same. You know, a, a lot of the supporters that would go to the Trump rallies that 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 are that definitely I mean a lot of the signs and a lot of the the, the emblems and things that are typical uh, for in support of uh, Trump and the administration were, are visible, uh, during these, uh, other, you know, these protests and rallies. And he made the point that, you know, these are the folks that say that they love the country. I mean, we all love our country, that they support the troops and all of the sacrifices that they make for our safety. Um, they put their lives on the line every day, the first responders, um, you know, that are literally putting their lives on the line every day with the and getting sick and seeing people die without their families and going through incredible personal tragedy. And, you know, the one doctor that committed suicide in upstate New York. I mean, these this is real for people. They are working mm-hmm. on the front lines. They are sacrificing so much. And these first responders, these doctors and nurses and 
you know, custodial staff and pharmacists and grocery store clerks, they are all saying, please stay home for our sake. Please stay home. We are overwhelmed. And for people to say, you know what? I, I don't feel like I should have to sacrifice for anyone else's safety. I'm not willing to sacrifice for my fellow neighbor. Um, it's like, what a contradiction. You say that yes. you support, you know, support right. all these things. Yet when you're called to action, when you're asked to do something as simple as staying at home or staying six feet away from somebody or wearing a mask if you're going out and about, and that's too much for you, that you have to put on an AK-47 and threaten people? Like that mm -hmm. just, to me, I just, I, I, I don't get that. And I don't think I ever will. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think that... I, it's a good thing that it's a very small minority of people who behave like that yes. because, you know, I wouldn't want to live in a country that doesn't even sound like, um, it doesn't even sound like our country. Yeah. You know, I mean, who, who does stuff like that? Yeah. It's, it's a horrible way to behave. We, we are better than that, you know, and next time we talk, Dan, we, we can talk about that. all and... the awesome things that are going on, but I know that was something, yes. this was top of mind for me in recent days. And I, I'm glad to kind of be able to, uh, to just share well, it with you. Thomas printed out something that came across and I'm sure it's on social media, but it was talking about if you were born in 1900 and mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, all the things like when you were seven, the Spanish flu and when you were 19 and they were talking about all the wars, you know, by the time you're 59, the Vietnam war is breaking out mm -hmm. and all the things that these people went through and yes. it's interesting because my, my great grandmother died when she was 93 and she was very healthy and very sharp up until her very end but that would have made me like I think I was like 12 when she passed away so oh, wow. I she's very vivid in my memories mm -hmm. and I remember she's the only person I ever knew that was born in the 1800s and wow. she had a very serene peaceful way about her but in this thing that Thomas printed out and gave to me to read this morning it was talking about I mean, her, her generation, mm -hmm. you know, someone who was born, I think she was born in like 1897 or something. Wow. And when you think about going through the great depression and the Korean war and world war two and all the different things and watching your sons go away to war and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then, you know, we're bitching about wearing a mask. Right. And right. it is inconvenient. I am stuck in the house with five kids and yeah. it is not comfortable <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and we are sick and tired of eating at home and yep, yep. it's frustrating. I, I, I'm a hairdresser and I could do my own hair color if I had the hair color, but I don't have it. So now I've got two inches of gray and brown, <laughs> you know, it's uncomfortable, oh, but it's I, not unlivable. I, I gave my son probably the worst haircut he's ever had. Actually, you know what? I, I, that's not true. I think I actually did a pretty good job, but still, I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> yes. I could yes, have used girl. your skill very, very much today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's the point. It is uncomfortable, but it's not unlivable for the large majority of us. And I yeah. think that for some, you know, we, we were just at the UPS store. We had to go, we have our dog food shipped in there. So we drove there because what else is there to do, you know, right, right. to break up Thomas's work day and get the baby down for a nap. And at the UPS store, there's a woman walking in with her little, a little kid, like a five-year-old with a mask on. He said, oh, I don't know if I'd, you know, we haven't let our kids go into a store in the last right. seven or eight weeks. And I said, yeah, but 
when you think about a single mom Mm -hmm. who's maybe working in a restaurant and she doesn't, you know, she has to take her child in. Not everybody is as blessed as, you know, or has all the advantages that we have. So anyway. No, absolutely. And I don't want to be, um, you know, judgmental in in the sense, you know, me, we've known each other for decades and and that's not who I am. And I always try to put myself in the other person's shoes. And if somebody has a really good argument on the other side of this, I'd love to hear it. Um, But the ones that I've heard don't seem to hold water, at least for me. I just, there's just too much unknown about this virus at this point. There's too low of a percentage of our population um, that uh, I think we're at five uh, percent of the 320, 320 million people. That's all we've tested um, in the state of Minnesota. We now have finally tested. Uh, wait, my husband looked last night, and it was like I think we're up to. 85,000 out of 5.7 million. And that's a huge improvement. Our numbers have been jumping through the roof. Our big jumps a week or two ago would have been, you know, maybe a hundred cases and uh, maybe a, maybe 12 to 20 deaths a day, which is terrible. And now we're looking at 60 deaths a day and one to 2000 uh, additional cases because we finally, um, the governor has partnered with uh, with well, they've been working on this plan during our during our uh, stay at home order, uh, partnering with the University of Minnesota um, epidemiologists and virologists uh, and infectious disease doctors, uh, along with the Mayo Clinic, and finally being able to use some of the uh, some of the buying power and the clout of, of putting these institutions together because the problem with our testing uh, was that we either were shorted on one end or the other, um, you know, because the governors were left to their own demise. And it was probably my best analogy that I heard was it was like, you know, eBay uh, for, for all of these um, uh testing kits and, uh, you know, the PPE, as well as the reagents and uh, the ability to actually um, process the testing uh, was limited in, in many, many states, especially rural areas. And Minnesota was just being outbid because the governors were, you know, states that were um, in a higher, you know, that were considered hot spots and they were, they had a bigger bigger budget and they would think they would get testing kits and they thought they closed the deal on swabs and then they were outbid or the federal government swooped in and our governor was incredibly frustrated and and unable to uh, improve our testing we were only testing I mean like a thousand people a day you know and now his goal in the next few weeks is to up that to 20,000 a day and I think once we can get more testing done, we'll have a better idea of just right. where we are. So, and that's like, that's the key um, to a lot of it is that yeah. we, how can we really know what our percentages are if we aren't able to test? Because who do, yep. who, I yep. mean, there's a theory here in, in Huntington that it ripped through Huntington high school. Cause in January, there were so many kids that were out of school and there was actually a oh, boy wow. who lives down the street from us, um, who divulged that he had it and he got tested for it, wow. in fact, had it, now had the antibodies for it. And, you know, who, who yeah. knows? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but it, you know, then I, there's so many vulnerable right. populations and, you know, my, uh, when you said, you know, your, your, your neighbor shared that, well, my, my neighbor next door, her mom is in an assisted living uh, community and my mom is in assisted living or she's in memory care and assisted living residence down in Georgia. And thankfully they are keeping themselves locked down. And my mom's residence has not had any incidents, but as they're now opening things up to in Georgia and the, now the caregivers sure. can go to a restaurant and eat and they can go get their hair done and they can go get their nails done and they sure. can go get a massage or a tattoo or whatever else is going to be open up. Now they have the potential to bring that illness, you know, bring that virus into um, her residence. And that's not fair to my mom who's been struggling with Alzheimer's. And I want her when it's her time to go as peacefully as possible after the hell she's been through for seven and a half years. I don't want her to die. She has asthma. I don't want her to ha get this virus and die that way. Like her whole life would come down. I mean, it wouldn't because we'd celebrate her life, right. but you know what I mean? Like that would really be the, 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 the most terrible way after all of this for her to go through a trauma of having um, right. the coronavirus. And my uh, my neighbor's uh, a mom. Thankfully, her her floor hasn't had any incidents, but their residence home has had over a dozen, and they've had four deaths. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it, it you got to think about other people. This right. just isn't about you. And and you know, I I I want to believe that people have that goodness in their heart, and the majority of the country does. And they see all of the sacrifices that people are making and they're honoring those. And even if they feel frustrated, they're, they're doing the right thing because they know that it impacts other people. And I'm just not sure how that same message isn't getting through, you know, to everyone. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that, the, you know, there could be people I've seen people, I know my son's age group is definitely very challenging to keep inside and, you know, he's, He's raring to go Definitely. and it's hard because I, I hate mm -hmm. to hold him in, but I don't really feel like it's safe to be out and about. And, um, with social media, he sees every single, Oh, you know, my friends are out in a poppy field taking pictures and, you know, <laughs> I can't call these parents. I guess I could call the parents and say, Hey, I don't think you're really being fair, but you know, I think to a, to a large degree, young adult children are very hard to hold in, especially if they're of legal age. Yeah. Um, and they're not the most responsible oh, yeah. and they're not really thinking about anybody else. I know I wasn't thinking about anybody else at that age. So. No, you're exactly right. I mean, if I think about my 18 year old self or, you know, whatever, I, I, I mean, I'd like to believe <laughs> Because I was pretty passionate about things at, at that age as well, uh, you know, civil rights and, and human rights and and all of that. I, I would hope that I would have done the right thing. But you're right. I mean, you're so selfish at that point. You don't really think about, um, you know, you don't just don't think about consequences like you do once you get older and once you have kids of your own and you mm -hmm. want to just protect them. I mean, it's um, definitely easy. I mean, I'm 48 years old. It's definitely easy Er. I believe for me, because I have parents that I'm worried about and I have small children that I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. So people I love on yep. both in, ends of the age spectrum that I don't want to see go down. 
uh, because I know that these people, yeah. you know, my parents, my aunts and uncles, my other loved ones that are in their seventies, they have a long, a lot of life left to live. And, um, I don't want to see my dad has asthma too. I don't want to see the quality yeah. of life, uh, yeah. be diminished. And I would hate to see them go down with COVID-19 of all things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much for yes. talking to me. I love you so much. Oh, you are so up. welcome. I love you too. Oh. <laughs> She's snapping in the back seat. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a that perfect is way perfect. to end it then because our, our nap time COVID talks. <laughs> All right, girl. Well, have a good afternoon. I love you. Yes. You too. Thank you. And I'm glad you're Thanks, doing honey. this thing. I love you too.